Well, hey fans, welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Spoilers. And today we're talking spoilers for Avatar The Way of Water. We're doing something a little bit special today. I have a co-host on this episode of Let's Talk Spoilers. It is Lindsay Dunn uh, with one of my stories. Say something to the fans, Lindsay. Greetings, everybody. I'm very happy to be Harrison's first co-host ever. That That is true. Ever. Actually, no, you're not the first. I forget. My brother-in-law did one of these with me way back when for Ready Player One. So you're actually my second, but I'm very glad to have you on. Very happy to discuss this great film with you. It is truly a cinematic experience. I believe I gave it an 8.9 over on the website. Head over there and check out my review. What about you, Lindsay? What did you give it? Well, I gave it a 4 out of 5, so I guess that would be 8. You know, on your scale, if you're doing 10s, I guess you're doing a scale of 10, right? 8.5 yeah. out of 10, I guess. So, yeah. Um, but 4 out of 5. And yeah, so t- tell me your... Oh, I want to hear your thoughts on the experience, just to start off. What Your overall thoughts on the film. Overall thought. Well, I think this was was pretty amazing because I was I came into this thing a major cynic I was not very excited about seeing Avatar the way of water I was actually complaining on Twitter the day before saying how sad it was that looking at James Cameron's portfolio, looking at his career with things like, you know, Terminator 2 and Aliens and Titanic and looking at just all of the wonderful movies he's made and thinking, okay, he has all he's going to be able to do the rest of his life is probably Avatar movies because of the way he set this up. And this one took 13 years, so who knows how long the next one's going to take. And I just wasn't very excited about seeing it. I thought Avatar was over, basically, that we had seen all we needed to see of this world and there was nothing more to be said but uh, you know I really 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 enjoyed it much more than I thought I would I was immersed in the world and the story all the elements came together for me in a big way so much that I wanted to go see it again so after a week went by I think I went back and saw it a second time so twice in in two weeks I just wanted to see it again the first time was a press screening and the second one there was a second press screening and uh they said oh never oh never mind you already saw it and I said well can I come and see it again please and they they gracefully said yes so I got to see two press screenings of this movie and i would probably enjoy going to see it again you you are so lucky you got to see two press screenings because i wasn't invited to the first press screening because of all the critics groups i'm in none of our voting was due in time for them to warrant giving me a seat at that screening and then the second one of course i was out of town i was at my cousin's wedding so i Mm -hmm. missed both but like i finally when i saw it luckily it was like right when we got there from my cousin's wedding we came back from one cousin's wedding and we're leaving the next day for another cousin's wedding so we got back i told my wife hey look i'm gonna go watch this three-hour movie tonight and then i'll be ready to go in the morning so i got out at like 2 a.m from the first time i saw it so yeah you're lucky to get invited to those screenings yeah that's a weird it's a weird thing because it was a it was only press so there's plenty mm-hmm. of seats so who knows but yeah this was this was great all around and i know we'll get into more details later but the animation the cinematography just the story i thought you know there was a part at the beginning where i thought oh no not this guy again <laughs> Uh-huh. But then they, they turned it around with the way that the story played out. It was very unexpected, kind of the direction they went. And 
I just I just got swept into the world. Like I said, the animation, it took me an hour to kind of adjust, I think, visually to the style because it was so crisp, so clean. It was like being a video game. And so, yeah, at first I was like, this is taking me out of the experience a little bit. It's like really beautiful to look at, but I wasn't involved in the story. And it took me about an hour to adjust mentally to the animation, the visuals, whatever you want to call it, that they did. It's a little, your brain, it takes your brain a little time to adjust to it. But I think it's it's an amazing achievement. And it's amazing that it's, you know, it took 13 years to put it together. And I would say, I think getting, I don't want to go too deep into it, but I think overall, the big picture, going back to my original statement is, of it being, oh, this is sad that with all of these movies, we're only going to get Avatar. But I felt like with Avatar The Way of Water, it is almost like the pinnacle of its career because it includes pieces of every single one of those movies. Like if you like Titanic, there's drownings and there's water and there's, you know, the danger of going overboard. If you like Terminator, there's a guy that just won't stop, you know, an evil villain that won't stop. If you like aliens, there's mecha people. If you like the abyss, there's being underwater and the amazement of that. So it's almost like Avatar The Way of Water is all of James Cameron's movies at once. Yeah, yeah. I remember reading that in review. You were like, Avatar The Way of Water equals like Terminator 2 plus The Abyss plus Titanic with a little mm-hmm. bit of Steven Spielberg's Jaws thrown in there. And I thought right. that is like the perfect equation for this movie. I thought a lot of that while I was watching it. And and I, I really enjoyed it myself. I remember like that night, like I said, when I came back and I watched it. And with the first Avatar, I only saw it because the movie I wanted to see at the time me and my cousin went it was full so it was like he's like well avatar is playing i'm like but it's in 3d and i i hate i notoriously hate 3d he's like well if you want to see a movie tonight the only thing we can see is avatar so we went and we put on 3d glasses and i remember thinking like oh the 3d is not bad here and the story yeah we've all seen this story before it's either dances with wolves or fern gully or pocahontas but i was like it's a solid movie i don't hate it like some people apparently hate the original avatar i didn't hate it i just didn't think it was aside from the stunning visuals it wasn't anything new or different and i no way saw it reaching what is now what 2.9 billion dollars it is it was crazy that it even even made that much money i think originally it was at 2.7 before he re-released it this year but yeah and just looked great and when he said he wanted to do like five more but mm-hmm. like why the, the first film yeah. is good enough it doesn't need any sequels i don't see where the story could go but he was really adamant about doing five more and it just mm-hmm. kept getting pushed and it kept getting pushed and here we are with the second one and like i said after seeing it the first time i really before i even wrote my review i wanted to make sure i saw it in imax 3d because apparently that is the gold standard to watch this movie in and i finally had time to see it i have very little time now we now that we have the new uh baby boy but i made it out in the afternoon and i was just blown away by how much better it looks in imax 3d it is just truly breathtaking like you can see like the navi like their fingerprints and like just the different types of bone structure and skin that they all have, hair density and all that. I was like, man, James Cameron, like it took 13 years, but he like used every bit of that time to make a nearly flawless product. I I just think it's beautiful. And I don't necessarily, I think the story is better than the first one, but like a little bit. I still don't think like in watching the story, like, oh, this is nothing I've never seen before. But in terms of like visuals, it is, you're, to- you're on Pandora. It feels like a real place. It feels like it was actually, they flew to Pandora and shot this movie. But yeah, 
I, I really enjoy that as well. So and earlier you spoke about, you know, the villain who just won't stop. And that is Colonel Miles Court. He is back from the dead as a mm-hmm. recombinant. And I, I liked what they did with him. And I like the fact that it was actually teased in the first film when he was talking to Jake and he was like, ooh, a Marine and an Avatar body with all our skills and all their strength. That's what he says, like enough to give me the goosebumps or something like that. And I like he basically took that line and said, you know what, I'm actually do that. So what, what were your thoughts on Miles returning? In preparation for this movie, I had gone back and watched the first Avatar just because I'm like, I have no, I can't even remember what happened, except there's a lot of flying on, on like dragon creatures and stuff, because mm-hmm. that was the most memorable part to me. But going back and watching Colonel Korch, my thought, now that I've seen more movies and, you know, I'm a film critic and all that stuff, I was like, okay, this guy, if anything's a big flaw in the first movie, one of the biggest sins would be him as the villain because mm-hmm. he's not a very intriguing villain because he's too he's just too completely evil he's he's one of these one note villain mustache twirling guy you know not there's no no empathy and em- we can't have any empathy for him he's just a big jerk basically a big bully a big jerk and thinks you know here's a nail here's a hammer let's beat it as hard as we can and he's not even he doesn't really have a reason it's just that these are orders i'm a marine this one's supposed to do so i'm just going to do it he has no you know really moral compass it's just about winning and so the fact that they brought him back as the main villain i was just rolling my eyes and thought oh my gosh it's just not it's not going to be interesting but him being brought back the only reason that worked is because of spider you're right if they hadn't had spider it wouldn't have worked because with you know this spider who this is a spoiler cast so we can talk openly spider is the biological son of the original quaritch and he is not the son of this new quaritch who's the genetically created one but he still has miles's memories and his instincts and so as when he finds out this kid is his child he has this instinct is kicked on in him that wouldn't have been on either now he has to think about it okay i want to kill this guy but i also want to know more about this kid that i helped you know this guy is my product you know i created Mm -hmm. him so he has warring interests where before when they're they're trying to torture spider information he wouldn't have cared about that but because that was his kid he has this protective instinct all of a sudden and and so then they develop this relationship where in the first movie natiri is teaching jake how to survive in the world of pandora and spider begins to take that role for quaritch and show him how to speak the language how to feel get in touch with nature how to pair with with these people um with the animals and how to how to do stuff like that and so you start to go okay i almost he was trying to teach him one of the things he was trying to teach him was how do you say i see you like you know mm-hmm. that like to see i see you this way it's a very particular way of saying it and i almost expected by the end of the movie <laughs> he was coach was going to be saying i see you or something or they were I, me but that might be coming later down the line with the sequels i agree with you i think at the very end and we'll get into what we yeah. think will happen in the future of the series but i do think coach will probably survive and one of the things he's going to say to spiders i see you 
because I, I see him turning to the good side eventually. Well, I well, I meant even Jake because there's a moment in that final battle between Quaritch and Jake when they're, you know, both of them are almost ready to drown. Uh -huh. um, and they almost had a moment where they were, it, it wasn't like, okay, okay, now I respect you, but it's more like, all right, we both want to survive. We both have these kids. And for maybe like Quaritch is kind of put in his shoes for a little bit. Plus, I think everybody kind of shocked maybe that he adopted the whole bargaining the son for son mm -hmm. you know jake that might have surprised jake but any yeah that so that's my take on courage what did you think about courage i really like courage i really like basically bringing him back in a navi body along with the rest of the members of his team and i like that since they introduced spider as his son it does add another dimension to the character and even adds another dimension to the original courage meaning like there was somebody on that base on pandora who thought oh man this is an attractive man i want to get it on with him to you know have a baby with him and it kind of brings that idea of like, there are people who separate their work lives from their personal lives. Courage is basically like, he's a Marine. The United States military has hired him for this job. He's going to complete this job. And basically, even though yeah, it's kind of like the American frontier, how a lot of the U.S. soldiers view the Native Americans, it's like, I see them as lesser. So us killing them is just all for the purpose of, you know, us getting our job done. It's not personal. It's just is what my job is. So I think, we kind of get to see the other side of him on like, well, yeah, uh, Spider's a human. So I care about this human, even though he even Don't you think about, we're not even the same species. Do you think species. it's still not right. personal? I feel it's, it's sort of it's become personal because, yeah. Now it is personal because I think he wants that relationship with his son, even if he doesn't want to admit it, which is why at the end he said, come with me. And, you know, mm -hmm. Spider just hisses at him and goes off. But yeah, I think that Spider's going to be his Jiminy Cricket. He's going to be his conscience and he's going to make him, you know, see the air of his ways. But and speaking of the children, we actually get a lot more children in this movie with Natiri and Jake's kids. There's Natayum, Loa, Kiri, and Took. Oh, cute little Took. And I don't even know if we got like a good look at like child Navi in the last film, but I really enjoyed seeing them in this film and getting to see like, especially when like Natayam's a baby, that is like the cutest little Lion King scene ever when he's holding <laughs> him up. And, and I really enjoyed it. Like, what are your thoughts on all those kids and especially like the uh, Avatar or the Christ figure, Kiri? Uh, people are talking about her being a Christ figure. I don't like that analogy. And I don't agree with it. But I think that having the kids, what that did is it took the edge off of some of the criticism, which we didn't really talk about. And maybe we don't have to spend that much time with but when the movie came out it was highly praised and then <laughs> i feel like a couple months later then it started being torn apart and finding controversies in different places but one of those was that the, the movie was you know with the whole dances with wolf comparison that it was about a white guy coming in <laughs> to like indigenous people and becoming so the, the chosen day. one yeah. Um. So it, with the kids, it made the story more intriguing and easy to digest with those kinds of criticisms because these kids are going to be, they're basically mixed race kids. They're half belonging to Jake, who's a human that got put into an avatar body. And then with Natiri being their mom, so they're sort of outcasts wherever they go. All of them are because of the fact that 
they're not going to be considered pure bloods. Um, yeah, so it made the stories more interesting because we see a lot of it. Jake is sort of a minor character. I heard someone do an entire review about this movie where they were saying, oh, it's boring. It's basically the same story again because a lot of the elements are mm -hmm. repeated. But Jake becomes a minor character and these kids, especially... Loak and Kiri, they become sort of the centerpieces and the people we most identify with. And all, but all of the kids really are dealing with a sense of being different, you know, having the other people look down on them. Not, not only are they not a member of this new water tribe, but they are outcasts even amongst their own people. So that makes them more interesting to uh, be in their shoes from the beginning than with Jake just being like, oh yeah, now the white dude's going to come in and teach everybody. That's too easy to tear down. It's too easy to hate that. But the kids just bring out a different level and make it less offensive or uh, have have less the potential to be offensive. Yeah, I, I really enjoy the kids too. I'll push back a little bit. I don't know if they all feel like outcasts when i first watched the movie I, I saw that basically oh yeah these mixed race kids they're all outcasts but then upon my rewatch in imax i realized only loak and kiri have four fingers i thought during my first viewing that they all had like the human looking hands and then when i watched it again i said oh wait Mateum only has three fingers and Tuke only has three fingers so they can actually get away with being except for the fact that everybody knows jake is their dad like if he was not there yeah those two could get away with being considered as pure blood navi whereas loak he has the they know from the start by looking at his hands like when what's her name from titanic uh kate winslet kate winslet's character and i can't remember her name it's like mm -hmm. sona or Sor. i can't remember her name but when mm -hmm. she looks at his hands and basically says like he has demon blood uh so i like that yeah but harrison isn't that the same as that is sort of like the same thing as passing right you could pass even if you're a passing person of color who could pass as a white person as you like are in that space where you're doing that you always have um as as i've heard it not that i am but i've heard people express you always have that imposter syndrome or you feel like oh, you're not white enough, you're not black enough, you know? So I would I would think in this world, these kids do the same thing. Even if the older one, Nateum, he's always having to jump in and defend his brother, you know? And then this, and we see him in one case, he has to defend his sister. So they're used to getting picked on. it Because if you pick on one of them, you're picking on all of them because Sully stick together. Mm -hmm. I think it can maybe a little bit be seen as passing, but since technically if there are more i mean there are more of jake but jake is special because he's the only person who's had his soul transferred into a navi body if there are like a whole bunch of like humans for like in navi bodies running around having kids with the regular navi sure but i think with them it was just the fact that that little bit of dna got passed on to loa and of course kiri who i do think she's definitely the christ figure because that's they put that in a lot of these movies you got superman is a christ figure he he does the pose in almost every movie and her she's what comes from a, well as far as we know a virgin birth i think it would be hilarious if at the end of all this her dad is actually just what norm that would be funny and she has like all the superpowers and all the you know she can talk to the animals and communicate well with she's kind of a magical yeah she's kind of yeah. like a magical girl and i thought it was interesting i thought sigourney weaver did a great job in the role and mm -hmm. i think 
all of those kids did definitely add another dimension to the movie and to the characters coming back from the original film. And earlier you talked about the Metkaina or the, the reef people. And mm-hmm. I want to know like your thoughts on them. I personally enjoyed them. I like that they look different. They have fins. They're a lighter blue. They have blue eyes. They mm-hmm. have like curlier hair. And they're de- they're clearly based on like Pacific Islanders, whereas the mm-hmm. uh, Omatakaya people are based off of the Native American and of course some African tribes. So yeah, what were your thoughts on the uh, reef people? Yeah, everything you said. I don't know if I had too much <laughs> to add with that. It was it kind of you know it expands the world to, mm-hmm. to say okay, not all of the people of Pandora because Pandora is a planet. So anybody who lives it's, on it's Pandora, a moon, actually. A moon, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody said that the other day. But there's different tribes, there's different people, different types of people in this world. And so we got we got to see that and how, you know, the, the Sullies come in to this to the new people and have to establish themselves as useful for these people. And I did think it was funny that the guy says you will need to work hard, very hard to fit in and to learn our ways. And then by the end of one montage, the Sullies have all got all, all got all the techniques how to breathe and, and stuff. Although we, we do see later that not everybody knows how to breathe as well. Like Loak has to teach his dad how to breathe at the end, be yeah. able to get out. But it was, it was sort of like, you will have to work hard to learn yeah. our ways. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, they didn't. But it that variety... Um, to get to explore underwater and to see their devotion to the tulkun, the whale-like creatures. Mm-hmm. It just made it, you know, it just brought expanded the world, made it more interesting. Yeah. Kiri, I think, had the easiest job. She just kind of jumped in the water and held her breath for what seemed like forever. And mm-hmm. I think what was interesting to me is they did show everybody trying to fit in and learning. But the only person you don't actually see like learning a lot of stuff is Natiri. And even mm-hmm. at the end, during the final battle, where they all mount their like flying fish and go off, she gets back on her little dragon thing. She doesn't hop on a mm-hmm. fish thing. She's stuck yeah. in her forest ways. And I think, you know, part of that is, you know, her just not wanting to give up the life, you know, she left behind. And it's just taking her a little more time. Which, side note, did you notice that, like, Natiri's mom didn't go with them? Like, the kid's grandma stayed back with the other Navi in the forest. Which, yeah. upon a second view, I was like, why didn't she go with them? That's like, they're family too so yeah but she's like she's like their priestess the tashik yeah but still it's like you can get a new one like he's taruk Moktal, and they were like all right you're no longer the leader this new guy's leader i'm pretty sure there's somebody else who was like learning how to be like the medicine woman well they went to they left to protect the people so you know the the thought i don't know i would be like Grandma's probably kind of old, so maybe it's not as easy for her to travel uh, yeah. with the rest of the family. But you know, I didn't, I didn't think anything about it. But going back to what you said about Kiri being able to breathe underwater, like she adapts, she obviously adapts the quickest. So why do you think that was? What do you, what was your, what was your take on that? Uh, because she's the godlike character, and she's connected to Awa, and she can do whatever she wants on this planet. Basically, she's basically the avatar she has the ability of that, all of the navi but why is that because her mom was sigourney weaver's character but i don't remember what her character's name was in the first movie dr uh grace augustine 
Yeah, Grace Augustine. Okay, so is it because Grace was a scientist and she was she loved nature? I I just I was I was really curious about why she has these special abilities. It can't just be because she's a Christ figure because okay, so where did that come from though? Is what mm-hmm. I'm saying like what was where's the origin of that? Most Maybe, likely that was something came, I was curious about. Most likely this came from the fact that when Grace died, they were trying to transfer her soul into her avatar body but when she passed away she was still connected to awa through the little spirit tree and Mm -hmm. then of course kiri was born uh they don't say at least like within five years later because she's older than loak but younger than natayam so that is most likely like why she has all these powers is because her mom's avatar was connected to awa for an extended period of time so that's more than likely where that came from so earlier you did mention the well-liked tolkoons and they are the basically macguffin of this film like the unobtainium uh the silver metal was in the last film you have this golden amarita that stops human aging did you think that was like a good MacGuffin or just some more rehash of the first stuff isn't a MacGuffin something that doesn't really count I don't know if I'd call it a MacGuffin maybe it's um, not a MacGuffin maybe I'm saying the wrong thing I don't know (laughs) I liked the Tulkun I liked uh Pyacon as as a plot point um somebody that Loak really related to you know we were talking about how maybe he doesn't not all of them feel like outsiders but Loak definitely does he feels like he's a disappointment to his family that doesn't measure up to his brother and you pair him with this tulkun named Pyakon who has been kicked out of his tribe and so they're they're bonding that character that animal character was really interesting but you also had the chase through the water where you show the whale catchers i don't know if you call them whale catchers they're tulkun um, catchers james cameron doesn't like when people call them whales apparently <laughs> What did you say? James Cameron doesn't like when people call the Tolkien's whales. He says okay. they're not whales. So <laughs> I said, well, I've said whale-like, but they're um, Tolkien. Yeah, you know that part really gets you as an audience member, even if you're not all into like global rights, environment rights. I mean, that watching that scene will make you really pissed off at those whale dudes and make you really angry at them that part was really hard for me to watch i love animals i don't like seeing scenes where animals are mistreated so that was a really hard scene to watch but i thought it was really well done a very visually engaging very galvanizing i mean this is definitely showing james cameron's love of the planet love of the environment so i thought them as a species was a really intriguing thing i don't know if you needed well i mean the whole point of the thing was like that they did all that for that tiny little bit of brain and they wasted it all so i don't know if you needed it uh the brain fluid to make that point even if you didn't have that it's very hard uh you know it's just a really challenging scene to watch and really aggravating yeah i did think that was a very sad scene but i think that scene is basically like a mirror of when they destroyed home tree in the first film that is what's supposed to get the audience engaged enough to be like all right we got to kill the rda we got to stop these guys and Mm -hmm. it is very wasteful it is very much showing how much james cameron cares for the environment like in the first film is basically an allegory for destroying the rainforest and this one 
is about like overfishing the seas and uh, stuff of that nature, how people used to kill whales and now they're being preserved. So yeah, I think he hammered the point home extra hard in that scene, especially when they just waste the corpse afterwards. And Spider's like, do you use any more of it? And I'm like, nope, that's all we need. And they just throw it back in the water. So yeah, I think that was a very poignant scene. I want to discuss a little bit about where do you think this series is going in the future? And like, what do you expect to see uh, James Cameron has mentioned now that the film's made over $1.9 billion, he's good pretty much to make at least two more. Uh, he's going to bring in the Ash people who are quote unquote fire Navi. So we are going to see mm. another clan here in the next movie. Uh, but what are some things you saw in this film that you would like to see explored in the future? I'm ready for a whole movie about spider. Um, I just want to, <laughs> I want more spider. I think it's, I think the next movie is going to be a lot about spider and Quaritch and attempts to possibly redeem Quaritch. Um, but I definitely expect to see Spider sort of at war with himself. They did a little bit of that, but he's in a, you know, you saw he sort of want had some loyalty towards his dad too. He wanted to explore. He wants to know it's normal. Where am I from? Like where are my people from? So he's intrigued by that enough to spend time with this guy. But he also has grown up. He didn't he doesn't have a family. He's he's an orphan. So they're going to spend more time with him. They're going to spend more time with Kiri, of course. I guess we're going to keep having more more battles with more clan people. <laughs> I don't know how much farther you can go visually. I mean, obviously, it's going to be amazing whatever he does. But where does it peak, I guess? Yeah, that's that's my initial thoughts about where it goes. Did you know there are comic books? Like, there are comic... The character of Spider... Spider's mom is introduced in a comic book. So there it's possible that before the next movie, there will be comic books come out that give us an idea about where the story's going. Yeah, I actually did look that up because I was like, I don't remember his mom's character in the first film. So I looked it up on the wiki and of course I'm like, oh, it's in a comic book where they show mm -hmm. her giving birth to him right before the final battle. And then that's where she actually dies is in the, the final battle of the film. So yeah, I, I did manage looking that up. So yeah, I definitely agree with you. I'd like to see more of Spider in the future movies. I definitely saw a little bit of some puppy love between him and Kiri. And mm -hmm. I think that is a relationship that will be explored in future films. I think either Spider will die or his Whoa. consciousness will be transferred. I think Spider is going to become a Navi. Somehow his brain is going to be put in a Navi body so that he can actually be with Kiri whether that is something that the Quaritch clone like offers him, like, look, if you join me, I can get the scientist to make you a Navi body or mm. like some other way. I think that is where his character will end up. And I think we will, of course, get the uh, the one girl from the Metkayina tribe who's basically Loak's girlfriend now. She will be brought back. I don't know about any of the other Navi children. Of course, uh, Nateum passes away, which... When that happened, I was completely caught off guard because I did not notice that he got shot. Like when I saw him bleeding, I was like, oh, wow, he's he might not make it. And even then I thought, OK, even though he got shot, they're going to save his life because of that line in the first film where they talk about how Navi are really hard to kill. But when he actually died, I was like, that's actually pretty sad. And I definitely understood uh, Natiri when she was basically heartbroken in that moment, uh, just how devastating that was. And you can actually see it. Uh, when I'm rewatching in IMAX 3D, you can see like when he's hit, there's like a little bit of blood, like very quickly, mm -hmm. like when he turns his body, I was like, that's it. That's the moment he actually got hit. And it's 
they didn't have to put that in there, but the fact that they did, even though it was like a split second, just shows how much care and detail was put into basically animating uh, those performance captures. So, yeah, I would like to see more of the children. I would like to see more tribes. At this point, I think James Cameron is just basically trolling the, you know, the Avatar cartoon people by he had the forest tribe in the last film. He has a water tribe in this film. He says he's introducing a fire tribe in the next film. I wouldn't put it past him to introduce like a air tribe or a earth tribe who like live underground or something like that. So it will be interesting. He did say, and I can't remember which film he's going to do this in, but they're going to go back to Earth. So we're actually going to get to see more of Earth. And apparently, like, not everybody is okay with what the government is doing on Pandora. So mm-hmm. I want to know how he's going to do that. Because that's at least, I think, it's like a 10-year trip. Or I think it's like a five-year trip to get, like, from Pandora to Earth. And you have to be in stasis to do it. I think that's what they said. So I would like to see how he pulls that off. So can I share a theory that I heard that I thought was interesting? somebody said they think it's going to go the opposite way this time that the people from pandora are going to go into human bodies but i'm like why would they want to but (laughs) that it might be and this might be like an you know a directional change where the for some reason they become get it put into human bodies like you know could be that kiri goes into a human body instead of spider going into a what did you say <laughs> i'm uh, saying avatar body a navi body avatar body navi body yeah um so i i thought that take was interesting i wonder since we've explored the air we've explored sea if the next you know there'll be a tribe that goes underground that are like gopher people <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I just said that. Yeah, I think I wouldn't put it past him to do like every element. There's a tribe that is in tune with either earth or air. Like he said, he's going to have fire in the next film. So yeah, we'll see. Or mountains, Uh, like a mountain people. That would be interesting too. I think the whole planet is covered with different types of Navi and they're all going to look slightly different. So yeah, we'll see where that goes. And apparently, like you had mentioned earlier, how it's sad we won't get to see him do like more films. He's pretty much going to do Avatar for the rest of his life. I think he's only doing the next two, uh, like in terms of directing. He may do the rest, but I think his plan is to do two more and have it pretty much set up so that he can pawn it off on somebody else to direct like the final two movies or whatever. And like, go off and do something else since it's, he's pretty much set it up so they can't fail like how could you like it's crazy like like i said the first movie made what 2.9 billion dollars 13 years later the sequel's also about to pass 2 billion dollars like how crazy is that how mm-hmm. who, who has done something like that besides james cameron he'll have three movies over 2 billion dollars it's mm-hmm. wild it's a lot of money it is a lot of money and and he's not even the richest director which is strange he he has the most films that have made over 2 billion dollars and he's nowhere near as rich as Steven Spielberg or George Lucas, which... Right. Well, those guys have made more movies, too. No, they haven't. Well, Steven Spielberg... Then probably, James yes. Cameron, George, yes. He's a, Steven he's Spielberg only... has made more than James Cameron. George Lucas yeah. has not. George Lucas mm-hmm. got his money from selling uh, <laughs> Lucasfilm. I think mm-hmm. James Cameron should have pretty much owned all the rights. From, from this point, after Avatar, if he comes up with any more ideas, he needs to have exclusive rights all that property so if a studio wants it he'll be like hey give me four billion dollars and yeah i'll sell it right to you well that will do it for us here 
guys thank you for joining us on this episode of let's talk spoilers z tell all the people where they can find you you can find me at one of my stories.com my website or you can follow me at twitter instagram letterboxd youtube and now apple Podcasts at one of my stories make sure you look for the number one of my stories yes remember to head over to her website to read her full review you can find my full review on the website flipfrogllc.com slash flicksfrog remember you can find us on facebook instagram twitter and reddit and please pretty please make sure that you like share and subscribe subscribe to the youtube channel the facebook page the website everything mine and Lindsay's. make sure that you subscribe my next let's talk spoilers will actually not be a movie it won't be a tv show it'll be the video game god of war ragnarok so that's what i'm gonna do next and until next time i'll be seeing you